Welcome back to Cast Me to Hell with me, Seb. And with me, Robbie. And this week we are looking at unnecessary horror sequels. It's going to get controversial. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it most likely is. <laughs> it uh, might do. It might do. That's the thing with uh, sequels is you find out that a lot of them, I mean, even if you love the film, a lot of them are just unnecessary. Yeah, that that was the we we came up with this idea, and then it was the idea of looking at it and going, "Well, I keep coming back to the argument. I think it's called that. Ha, a majority of these are all unnecessary. You made yeah. a great film, and now we're just going to try and replicate that magic. And it's like it rarely ever works out that well. Yeah, or or it works out well as in you you learn over time. People have learned to really enjoy sequels to films. But at their heart, they know that it's actually majority of the time there's rarely been sequels that have been superior to the original. Yeah, you know, we most in most the horror genre, we're not in like Godfather Part Two territory. Yeah, you know what I mean? Fairy, there are fairy. there are a few that people do say that they prefer to it, but it tends to be general opinion. But then people always come back to that argument of yeah, but without the original, you ain't got the sequel. You ain't got so it. Yeah. you ain't got it. You know what I mean? Well, what was your so what? For you to have things on your list, what did you count as being unnecessary? A little, a little question to see what your criteria was. Because I as mean, always, when we do these, we don't really talk about it. We just say, this is an episode idea. Let's do it and see what each one comes with. So, obviously, when my foot and brain first went to this, I was being very straightforward with it and being like, sequel is the... In my head, I was going the second one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, I was the, just uh, going yeah. like I was like the second film, and then as I started looking and thinking more about it, I was like, wait a second, like, what if I really enjoyed these sequels, but then it got to one when it was like you completely tarnished the brand. Yeah, and then I started opening it up a little bit wider. It's like mm, actually, so for me, there are there were some films where I looked at it and went, that film is such a classic. That maybe even if I enjoyed sequels, were they ever needed? Yeah. Was in my head quite a lot. Uh, and then for some of them, I, I looked at it from that other angle, as I've just said, about there were sequels and they were enjoyable enough. And maybe I don't love, maybe maybe I'm not as in love with maybe the franchise or the original enough to be like, nah, that didn't need any sequels at all. Yeah. Or maybe some films, it set it up almost that a sequel kind of was there. Yeah. Obvious. But then it was like, after that, it was like, you made a sequel, but maybe you shouldn't have made the next sequel. Yeah. Because then you really fucked it, kind of thing. Or you'd set yourself up. So I kind of had a kind of broad, like, mix there of, like, some I was sticking very much, like, some of mine are very much like, there are many different ways in which you never should have made a sequel to this. And then some are very much like, yeah, this, it kind of went properly off the rails at this point, and you just should have given up. Yeah. <laughs> you should have stopped. How about you? It's an, it was, you did it quite interesting. So I did, um, for the for one of them, I did kind of a film that definitely didn't need to be made. And if anything, is a bit of a, a blotch on the series. Yeah. Um, I did one which is kind of about the mythos of the series yeah. and kind of fucking with that and messing things about yeah. and then I did another one which was very much had had very little to say and had been done many times over so I'm, I'm trying to give you a little hint it'll be interesting tease. to see whether we have got doubles here yeah. 
because as I said to you just before we started recording, I found it quite hard because I was like, I was trying to go a bit more outside of the box and then I yeah. kept finding myself coming back to big bigger franchises or maybe ones that technically aren't in some ways, but people know these characters really well. Yeah. Um, and I kept coming back to them because I kept looking at other like inferior ones. But I guess in my heart, I was a little bit like, uh, you're such a limited sequel that people barely even care that yeah. you made. Like some of them have a random ass sequel that then nobody really ever paid attention to. Um, and I don't want to throw out examples because I'm worried that I'm going to yeah, trample okay. on one of yours. Leo will be like, well, factually shit. I'm like, I'm my favorite um, I, I, I'm going to be kind and let you start. Okay. <laughs> I'm interested <laughs> and intrigued where yours go with this. So let's oh, go with that to start with. Well, um, the first thing I'll say before we get in, as always, is hit that subscribe button. Um, there is no unnecessary sequel or unnecessary episode or unnecessary chatter or tangent when it comes to Cast Me to Hell. And I thought you were going to say there's no I in team for some I don't know why. It felt very much like that kind of speech. We are not an I, we are a team. Well, we are. There, you know, this, there is no I in team and only you can, which there isn't in team. Either. We need you. <laughs> we need you to hit that subscribe button and leave us a lovely review. And uh, the first thing I'm going to discuss is... I, I liked both of the uh, previous entries into this. The The director himself is a uh, very hit and miss, quite often shat on director, to be honest with you. Um, we've probably shit on him a couple of times on this, uh, on this podcast. So the first one is Free From Hell. Free From Hell? Yeah, Free From Hell. You don't even know it? No. No, there we go. <laughs> so it's the it's the sequel to The Devil's Rejects. Oh, okay. Yes, Free From Hell. Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie. Free, free oh, from Hell. Yeah. That the name isn't Free From Hell. Yeah, this, the, the, this already shows Spanish how little like I yeah. I remember him making a bunch of like sequels to these films and I remember the fact that basically apart from if you were like a proper serious Rob Zombie fan, most people didn't really give a shit <laughs> it's basically <laughs> and i you know I, I really like house of a thousand corpses things a real interesting film i don't i don't think it's, it's perfect and but it has some interesting characters and it goes to some interesting places i don't think he's ever made a perfect film <laughs> no probably not <laughs> but he has some interesting stuff in those films yeah um but then again i house of a thousand corpses i've i saw a very long time ago yeah most of Rob Zombie's work that I'm aware of is basically is two Halloween films. It's, yeah. Apart from that, I have never seen The Devil's Rejects. Well, the Devil's Rejects, and I know some people fun. absolutely fucking love it. Exactly, some people think it's the best thing since sliced bread. I know a bit. I've seen I've seen some of his monsters film. Ah, nice. <laughs> so, there you go. Obviously, his wife said it. You know, obviously, um, obviously, always is. And however, so Devil's Rejects is a fun film. It's it's gritty. It's dirty. Um, and it ends pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. Do you know the ending at all? I, th- I think I have heard it before. You can spoil it here. I'm not. <laughs> so, like, you know, the film Devil's Rejects follows the family or who's left of the family after they've kind of been on the run and been hunted down. Yeah. The film ends with uh, Otis, Baby, and Captain Spaulding in in you know in the whip. And they're basically driving towards like a police barricade, um, and it, they're kind of driving in slow motion, 
they're getting gunned down basically they're yeah. getting absolutely riddled with bullets free birds playing and they're just kind of showing like you know <laughs> of uh, course free birds yeah <laughs> <laughs> of course free birds playing. It's, and it's showing like super eight footage of them when they're young and it's quite like these are horrible people but they're going out in kind of like a blaze of glory yeah. but they're going out you yeah, know yeah. Um, and then for some reason uh, like 10 15 years later he just decides to roll Otis and Baby out one more time um, somehow they survived uh, Sid Haig is obviously I think he'd, he'd died just before this had started filming yeah. or shortly into it so uh, he's not in it I think there's like a picture of him but he, it's when he's ill so he looks you know he, he looks very ill yeah. it's quite sad to see to be honest um, so instead they bring Richard Blake in as like this family member who in the rest of the film they, they mention that all of the other family's dead so it's just like Richard Blake just pops up and he does like he's okay hmm. but he and he's a, I, I quite like him as that kind of like creepy menacing character but it's also like who are you it's like <laughs> you're you're a family member who has just been elsewhere some kind of half brother um, and it's just a, it's genuinely it's just such a boring slog of a film it just follows them as they break out from prison. They go to Mexico for some reason. A Mexican cartel or a Mexican person tries to kill them. And it's basically it. Like, it just has moments where it's like, oh, this is Baby. She's so wild. She's the, she's great at doing this. And yeah. then Otis, he's so cool. He does this. And it's very much like... It feels like proper fan service. It's like some. It's like he saw the script that somebody wrote on Reddit, and there's like no <laughs> punctuation in it. And he's like, "Yeah, I like that. I'm just gonna do that. I'm just gonna steal that." <laughs> yeah, it's on like a shoestring budget, so it looks really cheap. Um, the way in which I kind of it may, it reminds me of like you know like a post two thousand like Steven Seagal film where like he's phoning it in so so much and like the action's so poor everything <laughs> they're not showing so certain points because people are either too old or way older or can't do certain things anymore like Steven Seagal or will show from above because of the stomach yeah <laughs> they don't want to show that part of his body so it's always like mid chest up <laughs> yeah and so that's just how it is it's like so poorly made yeah it's yeah. on Netflix and I, I watched it and I was like I, I the whole film basically is just unnecessary you went oh these characters these horrible characters who you've kind of liked but kind of hoped get their comeuppance have gone out in a really cool blaze of glory it's the rob zombie like this is your defining moment rob zombie of all of your films people will go yeah but the free bird you know yeah, gunning yeah. down montage was pretty cool and then he's just got actually, mate, they didn't die. They're fine. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Completely just, destroyed his yeah. own ending. Yeah, just destroys his own ending just because he wants to make another film which which just doesn't have anything to say. It just doesn't do anything and it's just a boring slog. Yeah, yeah. Bud Rob Zombie. I don't mind. <laughs> There's some films of his that are okay, but this film in particular, and it's almost like I went, I liked, I remember watching Lords of Salem and thinking it was quite cool. Um, but there was a certain point in his career and I think it's when people stopped putting his films in the cinema that mm. his films went downhill like I watched 31 as well did he get a cinema release after Halloween 2? 
I, I feel like Lords of Lords Salem, of Salem I think had a have. very limited one. Yeah. Because it was kind of, it was on the back of... I was going to say, the, the one that you're talking about, I remember, because I, I feel like that was somewhat crowdfunded or something like that. I like think they'd literally like got... That, that was the point, you know what I mean? He had dug himself a death of like, basically, you make films... I don't know, for your friends. Yeah. <laughs> but very limited, like, people want to watch. Maybe your fans want to watch it. But again, they're limited. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was kind of very much, like, niche. And, yeah. Now, there's, you know, from what I've seen of his work, he's certainly not... I just don't think he's a great director. No. <laughs> I, I think he's got some interesting ideas, sadly... And sometimes when he is doing certain certain things, that I found interesting parts to the films that I have seen. Um, but he can't restrain himself, and he can't stop himself from making the exact same family, the exact same style every time. Even yeah. when it doesn't fit, and it would be it would have been more interesting to not have that same old, same old. But he can't seem to stop himself no. doing it. They have to be that same family, and also his wife got out for shit. Yeah, and, and <laughs> she she's like she is quite grating. Yeah, in the other films, this isn't like when we talked about you know Resident Evil and Mila Djokovic, but she can act at least. Kind of, yeah. You know, she can kind of act, but <laughs> she she has a certain presence at least. Yes, yeah, definitely. Or um, you know, Mike um, Mike Flanagan, Mike Flanagan, and Katie Kate Seagal. Seagal, yeah, Seagal. That's all. Yeah, but she um, can act. She can act. She can act. So that's what I mean. Like sometimes it's like, yeah, you always have her in it, but at least she can act. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? She has range, so it all depends. But. He just feels like he's just shoehorning her in. Yeah. Um, okay, that is your your first That's one. number one. Number one and done. There we go. Um, so, my first one that I'm going to go for is one of them that is a film that I feel was unnecessary to even why they even approached to make a yeah. sequel. And it took them several years to even try to think of a sequel to make anyway because it was a film that... D- doesn't really need one it was a one and done and the interesting part about this is because it has a sequel that is coming out or a requel that's coming out this year oh i think i (laughs) maybe i'm assuming you go it is uh the exorcist Uh, yeah i thought (laughs) when you said the exorcist um is a film that was a standalone slow build you know i mean it has certain parts that um that people tend to forget about because they mainly just remember the bit with Regan and when she's, you know, yeah. doing that kind of part. Um, there is actually quite a lot of, like, build-up and stuff like that. You even see them in the ruins at the beginning and the yeah. Pazuzu, you know, Pazuzu, all that, yeah. you know. Um, Captain Howard. There's a lot of stuff that people forget about the film and there's a lot of people that have rewatched it and find it a bit too slow and a bit too, you know, and a bit of a, like, slow yeah. at times and things like that. But there's no denying the original effect that it had. You know the the work that happens with Linda Blair, you know, in the film, what she did as an actress at that age to make yeah. that pull off, and all of the stuff that they had to go through. Um, the, the film is is a classic. It is one of those classics that is just when it comes to the ending, you know, with the priest killing themselves, you know, and and, yeah. and that kind of like dark kind of tone. But it was one of those films that was just like uh, we've told this story. But where do you possibly go with the story next, apart from having yeah. another person possessed? Which, oddly enough, they they only kind of go to like they do to go to it in the sequels, but they don't really fully go to it in the same kind of way um, as this. It's not like the full focus in the other one. It's a little bit more like they've got other stories going on. They've yeah. got the heretic, 
which is Exorcist 2. Yeah. And we've got William Blatty as the Exorcist 3, <laughs> uh, talking about the author, which is yes. who is William Blatty. Um, and although they are like well-received to a, like like the second one not so much the third one is oddly kind of a cultish kind of yeah film. and then we said it was okay um but well i don't know i, I actually uh, a lot of people really hate the sequel and it does have some terrible parts like it has a mind reading part like a psychic yeah. part which is fucking awful but i don't know there's a kind of odd 80s 80s this kind of style to it that one's like yeah. five years after the original film it took them that long to try to get someone to agree to do it or someone to be in it, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it's Richard Burton is in it and the, Max Van Soden. So there's some, like, notable actors yeah. who, like, actually, like, quite, <laughs> like, Shakespearean actors who went for it. Um, and that one... And then there's the third one, which loads of people told me was really good and I thought was pretty shit. I remember you said... That was the one you said. Was yeah, it, it, it takes it takes the, the priest from the original That's film. He's the one possessed... Yeah. But he's also played by Brad Dorif in certain scenes, who is interesting when he's in it. But apart from that, it's like following an old cop show, and it was boring as fuck. But it doesn't take away from the fact that this original film, yes, you could have more possession films and things like that, but it's basically recycling the same idea, and it's kind of my worry about the one this year is that basically is the idea of, I don't really see how you can make an interesting sequel to this that isn't just a repeat of the same idea of someone's trying to deal with a possession. And I think there's only so far you can go with that. Yeah. Um, obviously, including, uh, I'm almost calling the new one unnecessary in some <laughs> yeah. way. And, you know, those ones were unnecessary because there was no reason to try and follow up the story of these characters like Regan. We didn't really need much more. She got through that kind of stage. She yeah. got through the possession you know, we've told her story kind of thing. There wasn't really much reasoning for it. Um, and that even links to David Gordon Green's this year, which is, I think, unnecessary for two reasons, which is, one, again, we don't need a sequel to the original film. I don't think we yeah, ever need a sequel. it's a very hard film to argue a sequel to. And, and there just are, I just think there are some certain classics that never needed a sequel and did get sequels, but never needed it. Like yeah. it was a standalone film that worked perfectly as it was and was perfectly effective, and every sequel that comes after it almost diminishes, could diminish that effect if the original wasn't so like pristine, classic yeah. that it kind of can still be whole held separately from it. Um, but yeah, the one coming this year is almost unnecessary because we've had these possession films now for a lot. Yeah, we've had a lot of supernatural. That's so. And many. it's very hard to see how they're going to do anything differently. Then even not even just in The Exorcist, which kind of perfected it, yeah, you know, it kind of got it pretty perfect. And then it's kind of how do you beat that? But also how do you get yourself away from every other possession film that has followed it? They just copy The Exorcist. Well, yeah, <laughs> or similar stories. Ten of Pennies, aren't they? Yeah, you know, it's kind of like the Conjuring universe, the supernatural universes, those kind of things. They've done a lot of like possession-based stuff. You yeah, know what I mean, they have. And even before that, I mean, you had like. Possession films. Amityville had possession features in certain yeah. of the sequels, and Poltergeist had certain possession things. And Exorcism of Emily Rose is one I remember being out when everything was, you know, an ex and a uh, possession film. Yeah, it was what, even Paranormal Activity technically falls yeah. within a similar kind of area. So it's like, how do you make this whole trying to save someone from possession? Like, how do you make it? How do you make it fresh? Yeah. And uh, that's the challenge, and I'm totally up for seeing it, but I'm just. When yeah, interesting. When is it out? October. 
We will have to try and do a. Uh, we we, we will yeah we, we will do a review. We will, well I think we will probably cover the original Exorcist before we in the lead go up, into yeah. the uh, before we go into the new requel. The the requel it's yeah. reboot but the sequel because it has original. Uh, is it Ellen Birkin I think from the original film back in. So yeah that is my uh, that is my first one hitting it with a a classic technically I think all of mine are somewhat of a classic. Yeah. <laughs> Well, my, my second one is uh, Survival of the Dead. And I mean, so you could argue that, you know, Land of the Dead and anything on is kind of unnecessary. You know, yeah. Night, of, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead are all brilliant films. Not just in terms of, you know, storytelling, but in terms of direction, production, you know, soundtrack, fucking impact, all of it. Outside of the original trilogy, basically. Yeah, outside of the original trilogy. To, it starts to fall down. I feel... I kind of... I like Land of the Dead. Um, I think it's still kind of... It has something more to say about, you know, how people, how zombies are kind of going back to what they used to do, you know. Yeah. Similar to, like, Dawn of the Dead. They all go into the shopping, you know, the shopping mall. And this is... It kind of touches on that theme and expands on it. And then you have a little bit about, you know, like dividing class and the ruling class, that sort of stuff, and how it might kind of be in like a post-apocalypse. So it, it does have something to say, um, but the, I find like the main problem is, is that, it, you know, it's by then zombies were very much a different breed. And though mm. Romero was always going to be the granddaddy of them, <laughs> it, it, he very much was the granddad when he was making that film. Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. That, that, that was a good, you know, 30 years on from, you know, Dawn of the Dead and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, because Land of the Dead was 2005. 2005. So. Some of the, I think there was one in 2009. That was uh, Diary, Diary of, of the, the Dead. Dead. Yeah, Which is his take on... Uh, you know, a handheld thing, and that, and even that, there was. I remember watching it because you know I I love zombie movies, and I remember watching it when it came out, and there was a uh, there was a really interesting uh, moment where they're in a hospital, and you know somebody charges like the camera because they have this thing of cameras running out of battery, they have to keep charging it, which allows the story to kind of like jump around. Yeah, and one of the characters gets bit. And her, uh, you know, her her partner has to put him down, basically. Mm. And it's only like a, a three or four minute part of the film. But it's actually quite a good way. It's quite an intimate way of showing this mm. in a strange way. Because that, you know, the whole, uh, you know, video and handheld footage style was a kind of reality almost. So it's an interesting way of showing it. But outside of that, there's not really much to say. However, when you get to survival of the dead it's so kind of it's so small budget and it's so small in scale that it it really does feel quite sad to watch you know this is like a pioneer of the horror genre a man who's got a lot of reverence and he's kind of making a very low budget film it's like reduced to like basically like having to fund it in his own way and almost, yeah. almost indie kind of yeah. style of like we haven't got anything for this basically no, no one much. Wants, basically no one else wants to make this film <laughs> yeah it's like the Toe Hooper kind of trajectory you know where yeah. they make they do some class films back to back but then you know turn of the millennia 
you know, sadly, yeah, sadly, they, yeah, the films massively drop off in quality. And I remember Toe Hooper doing a film called Crocodile, which I have a soft spot for, <laughs> but it's you know it's very much like a straight to video. Yeah, crocodile. It's, it's too bad because it's almost it is one of those time things when they were stuck in the basically director DVD era. Yeah. And that's what killed. Like now, now actually, probably to be fair, them trying to bring back something like that. Then at this point in time, they probably would from one of the streaming services would go, "Yeah, we want you to yeah, make a course. film, and we'll give you an actual budget to do it." Yeah, because you made this classic, so we're going to use that IP, that's and we a, want and you and to it's come a back. Selling point as well. You know what I mean? You like know? if Tobe, you know, yeah, yeah, Tobe Hooper and stuff, they probably would have been like Netflix would have been like, "Can you come back and do a new?" Texas Chainsaw <laughs> yeah. and they probably would have paid him to whatever he wants to do with it because they would have got that instead of what we got but yeah. you know, and same with that like and there was talk of that actually before Romero's death because obviously they're trying to make the Twilight the Twilight the dead. Dead. yeah the, what is, was intended to be the final ever which was intended to be but he didn't want to do it unless he could bring it back up to where yeah. it was meant to like it's meant to be like the final things we want it to be of a quality production which you can get and it's straight it's sad because you have um twilight so i read twilight of the dead is supposed to be going into production this uh this winter i think or mm. this autumn and it's it is quite sad to think of like the scale of these films and if you look at night of the living dead it jumps massively to Dawn of the Dead, yeah. and then even Day of the Dead, which had a did, did get a reduced budget, still feels a bigger scale. When you get to Survival of the Dead, it's basically telling the story of like a small island, and that has two families on it that are kind of engaged in this like never-ending feud, and there's zombies involved, and it's very much like the message at least when I remember watching it, the message I got was like, oh, people are, you know, people not working together will always, you know, cause more problems and always stop us from making progress. And it's like, you, that was very much the main, one of the big themes of Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Dead, yeah. and Day of the Dead, you know? So it doesn't feel like it has much to say. It has some good, you know, gore and kills, but it's very much, you know just such a scaled down promotion that it's quite mm. sad to watch and it is it's a bit unnecessary it's just watching I, I watched it because I was like it's Romero I'm yeah. going to show up for my boy you know but <laughs> I kind of thought like it was just a bit sad to watch and a bit real unnecessary man. I do yeah I was going to say I haven't I haven't seen Survival I haven't seen Diary either um, I kind of Land is the last one I saw, but Land I saw literally like back in 2006. So I have literally no, like barely any recognition outside of remembering it. A zombie coming out of the water with like a machine gun. Yeah. And John (laughs) Legizimo, I think, is in that film. Yeah, John Legizimo is in it. (laughs) Whatever. And yeah, so I remember a few bits, but I don't remember what happens. I just remember at that point not really liking it but I hadn't seen any of I think I think I saw Land of the Dead before I saw any other oh, wow. other yeah. dead film so maybe I would like it more in retrospect there but um, I don't know it's hard, it's hard to feel I feel like out of the original trilogy I feel like I can't like see I feel like pretty much after that they were unnecessary <laughs> definitely <laughs> they'd kind yeah. of been like a bit like yeah yeah that's that's it and yeah I like I do, I, I do like them all, but you know, and there are some people that like certain ones more than ever, and some people who yeah. think Night of the Living Dead was like a, he didn't <laughs> need any more. You don't need any more after You don't that. need any more, but he made some good, he made some good sequels to that. I think it's also that because Land of the Dead, I don't, I'm pretty sure it had a theatrical release, 
but it feels like quite big in scale like you have some relatively big like action set pieces big sets you know you have quite uh you know uh a lot happens in it and it, and you do you, you know you get loads of zombies you get loads of different action different horror bits whereas when you get to survival it's very bare bones it's kind of like yeah yeah it's especially in, in a time when we have kind of done a lot of zombie now yeah this was a, there's a lot the and that, that's the other problem you know what i mean we have kind of got to that point we have run zombies is almost one of those that's been almost run into the ground of like what what new can you do with it at this point yeah you know i hold out hope for certain ones like uh i believe 28 days later is finally getting a, an actual sequel by danny boyle with, with killian murphy apparently maybe so you know that's an idea that that maybe they together can think of something to kind of add something on like they re, when they reinvigorated it with 28 days later back yeah. in the day but Again, they've been so done so much. It's just that you know there are certain there's so much of it. TV shows, everything. There are so many that are done. You know, Walking Dead's even ran through it for eleven seasons and then still got spin-offs going. Yeah, which is but so it went mental, from like man. the biggest show in the world, and you can see it all declining down because it's like, well, we've done it. How long can you do? How it? How long can you keep it? Going? Yeah, how long yeah. can you keep going? Like, let's just give a definitive ending to all of this and let's just bring it to a close and give it a resting time. Yeah, you know, <laughs> let the zombies <laughs> rest in peace, baby. Yeah, right. So, um, two. I I'm gonna go. So um, I'm gonna go with one that technically I I can't call all of them, and neither can you, because. We have not watched all of them yet. Uh, I, know I know what you're going for. <laughs> um, we're going into Pinhead Universe. We're going into the Hellraiser, baby. Um, so, uh, me and Robbie have been watching through the Hellraiser film. And we have had talks about maybe doing a little uh, a little kind of retrospective across, like a kind of quick retrospective across yeah. the board of all of them once we're done. Um, we haven't got to the end yet. We are on... Eight? Eight, I think. That was literally my next one. <laughs> oh, was it? Oh, really? Okay, all right. Yeah, no, keep going. Keep we're just going. Ki- well, we're I, just can, I can we scat. Can just blend this is, it. This is jazz, man, like you said before. <laughs> we can always just blend it as one together. Um, okay, Hellraiser. But I guess, so, unnecessary sequel. So, um, first Hellraiser is great. But obviously, I, did, I didn't see it till later. So although I do really enjoy Hellraiser, what we've talked about a little bit before, I think, but it's one of those that I'd always seen the covers of yeah. the film but never watched them. And then we finally watched it together, did we, the first one? I've, I've seen it quite a few times because yeah. it a, it's a favourite of mine. I mean, we did an episode about it with um, Sire so Married a Horror Fan, I believe. Yeah, we did. We did it with those guys. And I fucking love the first Hellraiser. Yeah, we've I've only done the original and the remake. Yeah, we haven't. That's all we've on, done. Yeah. We haven't touched on any of the sequels. Uh, but the first one was its own interesting kind of. Thing. I can't say as a universe, it's not like something that it's like one of my favorite ever because I didn't really grow up on it. Yeah, or kind of have. Um, but I have been intrigued by it, and the first one's great. The second one's fantastic. The second one is fucking phenomenal. The second one is like, I'm not, I wouldn't say unnecessary to make a sequel because I say Hellraiser as a universe. Actually, the first one kind of, it gives so many little hints about yeah. the, the mythology in the universe, but it doesn't delve into it. That I don't want to say that Hellraiser actually isn't one of those that didn't deserve a sequel. It needed a sequel because you wanted to know more about yeah. the Cenobites and, they, and their world and, and the Hell world and therefore... The sequel is a fantastic it's kind incredible, of man. like 
I've only watched it once and I kind of want to watch it again because uh, yeah. but but the world it created that felt like what Hellraiser should have been. Yeah. The Hellbound se- really bumps it up. It does, you know? yeah. It, it it almost bumps it to a level that was almost unless you're going to keep going at this level, you ain't going to be able to like match it. Like yeah. you need to keep delving more into this world and this mythology and what they tried to do with a sequel and how big they really go with it in terms of trying to go for the visual effects. And yeah. Like, that's really impressive. Uh, you know, I'm not here necessarily just to talk all about that film. No. But <laughs> We're it here is. to talk it's about a, a necessary sequel. It's, it, like, it's the opposite. It's a very... It's a necessary film. If, yeah. if it never happened, then you would watch Hellraiser and you'd probably, you'd probably still think that's, it's a banging film. But... It's almost like you would you want you kind of want to know more because it's so the weird. Si- the, the interesting part is the sequel, um, in this case, Hellbound yeah, is Hellbound. Um, Hellbound is what made Pinhead I think really interesting and what made the Cenobites interesting. Their yeah. world, it's what makes those characters interesting. You yeah. know what I mean? It's almost like Friday the Thirteenth finally introducing the Jason that everyone knows. Yeah, you know definitely. what I mean? It's like suddenly it's like it was good, but now this is the one. This is what I've always known. This is the Jason I've always known. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like that's it. Whereas I feel like the first one is more down to Frank. <laughs> to be oh, honest, yeah. well, the original is le- is not really so much about. Pinhead, any like, and I'm not saying the sequel really either, but it's about their world at least, and it gives you real interest in their mythology. Yeah. Whereas the first one is almost more like Frank's almost what made the original good to me. <laughs> yeah, when we spoke about it, it, kind of the first film has this kind of melodrama and has this very kind of weird, like erotic Britishness to it, and it's very it very much builds to the Cenobites and hints at them and. It, it plays very loose with themes and all of that. But then when you get to the second, it explores into it a lot more. You know, yeah. like you actually find out... A li- I, I'm sure that's... Is that the one where you f- you see Elliot Spencer and they're putting the pins into his head at the start and mm. it fleshes yeah. out him... I, I don't know if that's the... That might be the third one, but it fleshes out a little bit more. And yeah. it kind of feels like it's raising the stakes. And it feels very much to me, like you mentioned, it's kind of a little bit like Terminator 2. It's mm. like Terminator 2 raises the stakes so much that you think... It's Terminator 2 or Aliens, isn't it? Aliens, yeah. Yeah, it, that, they're, the, they're the ones that do spring to mind of where... Those are ones where sequels of where people would go, okay, is the sequel better than the original? Yeah, you know, and people will go back and forth on that all oh, day yeah. long about how they're different and how they're things, and you know, aliens definitely. I wouldn't put that in the list of unnecessary in no. this case for aliens. Maybe the rest, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but for alien, that one for that one, no aliens and alien. But again, same like Terminator and Terminator Two. They're very different films between yeah. the two, and that's what makes them interesting. And that's what makes this interesting is because the two Hellraisers were very. They're almost very different. Yes, they follow on a tagline, but the approach is very different. So you don't feel like you're just retreading the ground of the no. original, which is what normally makes a good sequel and what most of our unnecessary ones didn't do. Yeah. And so, anyway, we've talked about Heroza and yeah. we will do Hellbound at some point, maybe as part of that retrospective of the sequels yeah. of Hellraiser. So what point are you thinking is, where? when was the unnecessary sequel then? I'm, this Now, this is where I, I was getting in, in my head because I feel like... With three and four, 
they I mean I think we've had this kind of conversation loosely off air, you know, yeah. off the record. Um but I feel like I enjoy the third one. Um I think it kind of looks at I think it's a bit messy in terms of Cenobites crossing into Earth and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But the fourth one, I feel like, still kind of expands. It doesn't. It's it's a bit. It's a bit hit and miss. Mm. But it kind of goes into the mythology of the Lament configuration and that kind of stuff. So I still a certain nineties sci-fi, certain nineties sci-fi to it. But it still expands the mythology. But it expands yeah. the mythology. It's not exactly a perfect film no. but i feel like it tries to expand and yeah people, i know you'll say that like oh it's it's jumped the shark it's gone to space in the fourth one yeah. but it, but it's an interesting kind of idea of telling the story of the box and the family over three very yeah i think that's what saves it if it had just been in space then it might have been you've properly jumped the shark but yeah because it tries to go throughout different time periods you're like at least you're trying something interesting and yeah. i think I think that is what clinches it as because I don't hold it here. So to some people, I'd probably say they. Some people would probably say three jump the shark. Not jump the shark, but two was so big that three is a bit of a letdown in comparison yeah. because it just doesn't try to build in the same way it does. It no. does tell some of uh, Pinhead's backstory in one part. Yeah. I think that that's the one I think does have a bit about him in the war or something yeah. like that. You know what I mean? It has a bit about that. Um, but you know, it is also just about another sleazy guy kind of thing. It kind of goes back to more of the first one with the more of the Frank kind of style of a sleazy guy. Yeah. But at least it's fun, and that one has like interesting kills and stuff. So it's not completely dire. And the fourth one, as we said, tries to build that mythology. It's Inferno. Inferno, yeah. the fifth one, is one hundred percent when this film, and it is also the point when these films started to become direct DVD. Yeah. Definitely, I believe Bloodline is the worst of theatrical. I feel like it just died a death one, yeah, because there is more production value there, and it's not. And I don't think that's true to say. Like you could say, yeah, but it's not really fair to say that it's because they were trying to make sequels when they had nowhere near the budget anymore to make. Yeah, but I'd say at the same time, the original didn't really have that much of a budget, and they made a great film based on. Yeah, they made a great film because it's not all about that. It was about making interesting characters. Not yeah. just a sleazy guy who you just follow, and you know, there's been many rumblings about this being did they just take a completely random yeah. script? And they've said that for several of the sequels like, did they just take a completely random script and go, you know what, we'd add to this if we add Cenobites into it a bit later on? Yeah, and that's how they get like, there was one where, um, that's pretty much what most of the sequels from now on, although some of them have been a little bit in the last one we watched, was it Deader? I think it was dead. Yeah. yeah. Had some kind of an interesting premise. It's hard not to feel like this is barely at this point a Hellraiser world film. That's it. They, they, they kind of... They miss a lot of what kind of makes Hellraiser great. Like, Hellraiser, for me, obviously it's got themes of, you know, kind of pain, pleasure, kind of different dimensions, otherworldly kind of demons, otherworldly pleasures... But then it's also about the kind of seediness of people. And uh, a big part of that is kind of against like a a gothic backdrop. Like the first two are quite gothic films in the way in which they're made and shot and how the sets are designed. And then when you get to, uh, you know, when you get to the straight to DVD ones, 
it's like oh like it's oh yeah it's just like so it's just sleaze then like, yeah yeah every like the first one we watched that was straight to dvd it was like a detective who was hunting some kind of killer and it's like ah, oh, somehow the lament configuration is this then in, i think after that it was like dean winters just shagging yeah the film. It, it, yeah it was literally it was well yeah so like inferno was literally it had you were just there the whole time going so he's he he's the guy killing the people yeah. he's just insane right he's the guy and then basically that was it <laughs> and then that was the answer it was like right so we followed that we worked that out pretty much straight away this is what's going to happen yeah at what point is Pinhead really involved here and literally it's like you have apart from a few random scenes it's like literally right at the end when he just pops up and that's about it <laughs> yeah he just pops up and and that's what I mean like t- to most people I guess Hellraiser is Pinhead you know what yeah. I mean or the Cenobites and without much presence of him in the film or in most of the other sequels where they're you can tell how hard they're trying to make a story without him being in it constantly. yeah because it obviously cost them way too much money to have either Doug Bradley there yeah. or to just do something with the effects. Yeah. Which, I, I, again, is just one of those things where it's like half the time it's like, yeah, well, to be fair, like I, I probably would have rather you tried to squeeze a little bit of something. I think you could have made something more interesting or delved into the mythology of the world or backstory of someone yeah. or how they become a center and those kind of things instead of basically... Two of them felt like, again, just like two sleazy cop stories, even though yeah. the Dean Winters one, he wasn't a cop. But it was so unclear what his job was that you were kind of like, you basically just feel like a sleazy cop on your own little investigation. It yeah. feels like the same thing. And then one of them was a journalist. <laughs> Between an invest- a detective to a journalist is a very thin yeah. kind of like... And we, again, we haven't seen all of the sequels that follow, but I just, I do, I just think, I'm not going to call, I don't think it's fair to call out the early ones because at least they're trying yeah, and they try, and that's what I mean, they try and build very actively on the mythology. Like, yeah. they weren't, like, um, Bloodline, which is the fourth one, and that's the one where we start in, like, 17th century France with fucking Adam Scott yeah. making the How box. the lament yeah. configuration's yeah. made. And which is interesting. I, if or for how me, they sacrifice people, you yeah. know what I mean? Was the idea of how you can, you know of what you're trying to make and why you're making it and like the demonic stuff behind it and then it goes to present day and then it very much goes to the future and trying to finally seal it and the future bit to be fair is is actually quite minimal because that's the most yeah. that's the most expensive part yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like so we mainly minutes. take place in the 70s to be honest the the stuff in like the 1700s was probably the most interesting part. yeah definitely the stuff in like the 90s it was probably the least interesting part yeah. <laughs> when it really did but it did have some cool bits like the the guys whose head like get screwed together the so at least had twins, some interesting yeah. cinnabite um and that's a, like again some people don't like the third one because it's the first one when it changes the order of the cinematic so instead of sticking to the original yeah. roster it starts to add in new ones which then just start a trend of basically like oh you know especially with the director DVD right what kind of Cenobite can we make on no budget you know what I mean yeah. how can we make one um, it was like can we make one that's like a toilet brush yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, and they, they just get to being like that like the third one does have like the fucking CD guy and the guy whose yeah, head is that's like, the uh, one most people point out is like the fucking CD guy like yeah. you've been trying over why trying to be so like 90s with it you know what I mean yeah you've got a fucking video recorder in your head and it, that's that's shit but, but at least they have it. cool deaths and stuff yeah. and that's the other thing that is lacking in these sequels is 
there's barely a day. You feel like you're just literally just watching someone just walk around doing things, talking to people, and there's no fucking debt. And like, frankly, if you, if you're gonna be shit and cheap, then just try and do loads of kills. Yeah. I'd rather have a blood splattering mindless one than have one where you think you're doing something clever when you're really fucking. Not. Yeah. It's- yeah, I, I don't know how much to say about them except I do think Bloodlines was the last good of what we've seen. We've still yeah. got a couple to go. We've got two, three, three. I think because we've I think we haven't ne- seen the Henry Cavill one yet. <laughs> no, I think Henry Cavill one is the next one, and then I think it's the two without Doug Bradley. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We have. Well, oh yeah, we've got that shit share to come. Yeah. <laughs> I have not heard good things about that at all, apart from the fact that he he, he does not look right at all. Yeah. He looks like some morph telly telly. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I'm just gonna have to kind of free ball now then. Are this you is just? The final one. Is, I mean, no, I, I'm just hanging brain. I've got extra it. ideas if you want me to just throw one out and we just discuss instead of you have to just minusly grab. One. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just free balling because there, right. there might be you know some on yours that link up. Um, Let's go with a big mean, one. <laughs> yeah. Well, the one that I want, I would have mentioned, but I mentioned this not too long ago on our. I think our best horror twists, mm. and that was uh, Bram's The Boy, you know, The Boy Two, oh, whatever yeah, they call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And that was basically. I really liked just a brief overview. You can go check the episode out. Why not? But as a brief overview, um, the boy basically sets up that she has, you know, this woman comes over as a nanny and basically has to look after a little puppet. And the whole, you know, film, you're supposed to think that it's a supernatural. Yeah. film the you know it whispers to her f- things go missing it go it moves around and then you basically find out that the 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 boy brams is actually still alive he's been living inside of the walls of the house um and it explains it all and it's a really good twist i was gonna say i hadn't seen it but i was like eh, that's actually quite you know that, cool that's good twist. and it defies the and as i said at the t- i think I don't like. I didn't like really the idea of the doll being anyway. So I was yeah. like, that actually makes it far more interesting. That and made me more like to want to watch it. Yeah, and then, and you, it, yeah. And then you told me what the, se- the sequel. Just... And then yeah, the sequel is basically oh no, the the doll was possessed all along. You were just going to reverse everything that made the everyone interesting. Made it interesting. <laughs> it just shits on the whole thing. Um, and I went to see it in the cinema on my own as well because I was like, you know what, I'm showing up for the boy. Why not? <laughs> like the first one so much. And then it was dog share. <laughs> Um, and I, I left <laughs> after the credits rolled. I, I left. Of course, I watched all the time. I was going to say know? you left after the credits rolled. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's just watching the film. And leaving, I do, right? I watched the film. You and stay I, to the end uh, of the credits. I do, but I watched the film and I, but I was not pleased. <laughs> and I, 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 so the second that credit black, I was like, I am walking I, out of this film. I'm storming out and making sure I'm getting. Did you go and, go and ask for? a You've got you've got a card got that a you card. get access to it anyway. And you still went up to the car. Like, Can I have a refund, please? And they're like, you watched the whole film. No, you can't have it. Yeah, but it, it was shit. It was, it was the opposite of the boy. You wasted my time, and I had to wait until the end to find out it was really truly shit. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. can I have my money back? I was like, hoping they turn it around. You have a card that basically gives it you for free. Yeah, I want my money back for this month. You, Give me money. You've wasted it. Give me your wage for the hour and 40 minutes I watched that. Um, but if I was to talk about um, going back to another kind of uh, franchise that shouldn't have ever been a franchise, 
Um, and it would be it would have to be Jaws, you know. That, I think it's that, one of the that most was on mine, but not like one I was going to talk about. Yeah, but. it's one of the most obvious ones. And now and now my pants have been pulled down. I you know I got to go quick, so I'm gonna, <laughs> <laughs> I go with Jaws. But Jaws, yeah, Jaws, Jaws shouldn't have shouldn't have had one anyway. Like it, it is a perfect standalone film about one shark. It's when it's, it's invading one town. Yeah, and there's no reason for it to have a sequel. Exactly, and it's the perfect like. It's a double-edged sword because a lot of people say that you know, uh, Jaws is like the first summer blockbuster. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. made a shit ton of money. And summer blockbusters get sequels. <laughs> summer blockbusters get sequels, and they're like, well, what we, you know, what can we possibly do with you know a film about uh, fucking? I think is it like a New England town that's being attacked by a yeah. shark. Uh, just do it again. Yeah, just do it again. That's what I mean. The you sequel know, is literally the same just town. Bringing another just shark. Bring another same shark. One. You know, I mean, uh, the only good sequel because it's balls and stupid and ridiculous is the third one, which was Jaws 3D, the Dennis Quaid. Even, because even it's not. I, I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying it's fun. <laughs> I mean, whereas the second is dull as fuck, and the fourth is ridiculous. <laughs> but the thing with the, the they could have just if cut the but know, it doesn't need cut it. the second one it doesn't need it at all but if they'd have gone actually you know what we're, we've made Jaws absolute fucking all time classic you know uh, why don't we do uh, we need to do a sequel oh shit in a fucking water park <laughs> that would be more believable I would have less problems with that because it kind of it's it's still a shark terrorising somewhere but it's <laughs> slightly fresher as opposed to the same town sheriff the same mayor. I think. I think. You know? I think that's almost part of the problem. With, like, is almost actually with the sequel. They, if anything, actually the most realistic situation probably is. Oh, there's actually more than one shark that comes to that beach. Not that the problem is that this was meant to be such a specific one-off kind of yeah. style of shark that it wouldn't happen. But the idea that another one could have been brought in or it had a baby or something like that actually makes the most sense. That doesn't mean just because it makes sense means that that should be the sequel. Yeah. And that's the problem. Like the theme park at least opens up a different idea, but it also, it's also not good. This no. is what I mean. Like it does, it, it absolutely, like I said before with a classic like The Exorcist, there's no reason it was a standalone does not need yeah. anymore. And Jaws was a standalone. The shark is dead. We've covered it. We've saved it. We're hey, family happy ending. Family happy ending. You know what I mean? Apart yeah. from the boy's family. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that woman's family. family. Yeah, apart from the family of the people who died. <laughs> yeah. Happy ending. You know? But that's the way all films end. It's, like, it's, like, it's like, oh my God, several people have died. But when it gets to the end of the film, it's like, yay, let's have a party. Yeah, I'm... While the, the mother of the one boy and the only child she had is there just weeping as the fireworks go off. <laughs> well, yeah, 4th of July, baby. <laughs> the shark's dead. The town makes money again. Yeah. Fuck your son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your son was just a cat. Your son was necessary cannon fodder. What about my ending. What about my daughter? She got her tits out. She <laughs> deserved it. Out. This she is died. the seventies. You don't do that. You don't. Yeah, you don't do that. It's naughty. <laughs> you deserve to be painfully eaten by a shark yeah. for our entertainment. That's what you get. <laughs> but it's it's such. It's almost like how could you you know how could you remake it? And I don't know. It's it's an unnecessary. And it is franchise. It's man. very easy to say. I think I borrowed it from me. you. Yeah, I'm sure I you borrowed, borrowed the sequels from me because I had a random sequel box set. I didn't have yeah. the original. I had a box set of just two, three, and four. And yeah, and I remember watching them and being like, there was there was these strange moments where I have like 
flashbacks to some cool scenes in the second one and the fourth one and the second one is an ab this haunts me it's like uh <laughs> it's like one shot where a, a, a woman in, or a girl is climbing into a boat and you see the shark kind of under like right at the kind of surface of the water coming alongside her and getting her and it is a terrifying shot but only because I'm terrified of water, you know? <laughs> like, I'm terrified of being out in the ocean like that. I had that box set, and I, when I had box sets, I used to watch them, like, several times. So I'd watch, night, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th yeah. box set, because I had all these DVD box sets that you'd normally buy. Yeah, I but um, but I, I literally, I, I think I've watched all of those sequels several times, and I can honestly say that I don't fucking remember. I, meant, I remember being bored out of my mind for Jaws 2, and not watching that one nearly as much, because I just didn't think there was much to it. Um, but yeah, I, I literally barely remember. <laughs> that is ingrained in my memory. I'll send you a, a picture of that scene after. <laughs> and then the opening of Jaws 4, The Revenge, where the shark has now... Kills the, the sun at night. Kills the sun the, at night. Because, yeah, it's at night. And, yeah. and it's at night. He's and like it's, a cop as well, he's isn't a he? cop. But it's really bloody. Yeah, yeah. That that's the that's the interesting that's the interesting scene of that film. When we talk, we talked about this in, a, in the previously... Um, like ridiculous ones or something like that, I think. Yeah. but um, that is the scene where we're like oh this actually might be good and yeah. then it goes on such a fucking stupid and adds tells the, the shark like it has fucking sonar to find you across the world like it's got a tracker on you and why has the shark got a grudge against him anyway yeah I don't fucking he's the one that killed him <laughs> they like... should have a grudge against him like yeah. that's why when it says the revenge you think ah so they the whole film's going to be about basically like one last thing to go out and like basically going after him or something like that, you know, yeah. what I mean, just straight into that idea. Now we're going to go off to another place. We're going to find Michael Caine. We're going to yeah. go to Hawaiian Islands. It's not until loads of people, more people have died that we finally go, now I will get my revenge against you, Shark, the, yeah. the mother. Anyway. Absolute um, dog shit. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's absolutely pointless and it does not need, it does not need them at all. Yeah, it's a, it's a dog shit, man. I mean, what have I done? <laughs> you've done. I've done, done the two. two. Okay. I haven't put out the, uh, the 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 social media lounge this week because I think it was such a quickly put together episode that I didn't actually get any time to to put it up. I'm afraid. So there is no social media lounge this week. And I will remind you though to uh, please hit that subscribe button and leave us a lovely review. Um, it always, you know. Uh, is always appreciated and it helps the show grow. We've nearly hit uh, 50 subscribers on Apple Podcasts, which is obviously absolutely class. So please remember to hit the subscribe button and leave us a lovely review. And I will hand you over to Epo <laughs> as he delivers the last... Right, well, I, I'm going for a, a big and obvious one. And it's... Yeah. It's where in my head... I looked at I looked to us I looked at the big ones. Okay. I looked at our F thirteen. I looked at I looked at Nightmare and I looked for where is the where I'm like even though they have so many sequels that have brought me joy. Where's the one where I'd be like you should have just nipped it in the bud. Okay. Almost go. straight away. Yeah. And it is probably very obvious uh, to you <laughs> and people at home probably because I return to this all the time. But I had to make the case of this because it has so many branches of timelines. <laughs> 
Um, so in some cases I find like you know big bads are sequels sometimes actually sequels have improved or at least equaled the idea of the original like I like the original Friday the 13th yeah um, and I like its style but there's no denying that the iconic version doesn't doesn't actually come until the third film yeah even though it's not necessarily the best film it, it still gave us the Jason that we know and love yeah and we wouldn't have that so I can't call their sequels unnecessary Nightmare on Elm Street has many bad sequels. Oh, hell yeah. But then again, Dream Warriors is a film that gave us what the idea of it could be. And therefore, you know, you wouldn't get there without getting the shit second one. And <laughs> I like the second one. Some people like the second I one, like but I second. think it's shit. Uh, I, I think it's probably my least favourite of all of them. I appreciate some homoeroticism <laughs> in my films. If anything, we need more homoeroticism. <laughs> you dream yeah. of being Freddy inside that man. Can I you? Just sliding in him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Dream Warrior just showed you what this world could be. Sadly, then the sequel still continued to not. So there's, a, there's, a, there's an idea for maybe somewhere along that line when you go, unnecessary. But for me, I mean, technically the second one, but the third one then redeems it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've, I've got to go for my main boy. And I did also put Texas Chainsaw Massacre technically. That technically shouldn't have had a sequel. No, <laughs> Again, not really, doesn't really have good sequels, and sing, but I haven't got as much to say about that one, so yeah. I'm not going to go there. But um, the original was pretty much classic and it felt like a one and done. But there is a family there, so I get it. I get it. I love know. the second one as well. But I <laughs> the second I, one I agree, it could is have such a different film. Like. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's such a kind of off. I actually thought that might make it to your list, maybe, because I was like, eh, what point would you say it needs to be cut off kind of thing? Yeah. Um, but come on, out of all of them, the most classic is Halloween. I I don't know. I keep... I think the original ending is it's the original ending that makes it so much. I love and this is because it's I, a trick. I decide purely to go to this one purely because it's the case of the point I'm making is that I absolutely love a lot of the sequels. Yeah, and yet at the same time I also love the original so much that I think that that ending, if that had just been left, yeah, you know, the idea of the boogeyman, he's out there. He could be anywhere, and he's just out there. It was such a kind of perfectly formed kind of one and done kind of... John Carpenter planned it, didn't plan yeah. it as anything more than that. It was a one and done. and But the interesting thing when I say Halloween as a franchise is technically I could make the same point in several different timelines. Yeah, you could. As in, fair. if I take the original out of the perspective and say, no, we've made sequels to the original... Well, then, okay, then let's jump to a different timeline and I can make the same point for why there's an unnecessary sequel to that. Halloween H2O. Why the fuck did we make Halloween Resurrection? Resurrection. You know? Yeah. <laughs> what, you know, why did you then do that? And there seems to be a consistent case with this film where, yeah, Halloween and then Halloween 2, and we could have left it technically there yeah. and cut the bud there because same night ends, he burns at the end, so we've got a significant ending for Michael yeah. Myers. So, okay, so we can take that. Again, still don't think it necessarily needed past the original, but, okay, we've made a sequel. Well, then, Season of the Witch is technically... I'm not going to count it, because no, it's I, not yeah. within the... It's Halloween, but it's not within the universe. So yeah. that one's still fine, because anthology. But, you know, then you go to four of eight, and I enjoy them. <laughs> but yeah. we didn't need them. And... H2O, Resurrection is definitely the one that's like, you definitely really didn't need that. that. H2O had such a good ending that it ended that timeline of Halloween, Halloween 2, and H2O is a good little trilogy. Yeah. The rest of it wasn't needed. So the unnecessary sequels or anything around that that was not needed Yeah, is completely just, it, it's enjoyable. I love a slash of it. I pretty much, I 
could probably watch any of the Halloween films oh, yeah. and be happily sat there watching them. Um, but it's not. There's no denying that it definitely the original ending that left there was such a significant like cultural kind yeah. of shit like he's got. Um, and the sequel, although kind of enjoyable, is nothing nothing on the original. And H two O is the next significant one where it felt like it was at least expanding or kind of giving an idea yeah. or more of a, another side of it and it has such a significant ending again that we've then got to the point of again you didn't need to make a sequel why didn't you yeah. end it there but money 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 <laughs> and talks, it's just baby. money you know it's, you know it's, and Mustafa a cut it's, it's the cut you know what I mean they, they have they milked that bitch yeah, then, yeah. so then the other timeline of that is then okay you made it to that and then you made a legacy trilogy yeah okay I could accept that one and I could accept Halloween and I love Halloween Kills yeah but I also kind of am like you should have ended at Halloween yeah you could have ended it you could have ended it there yeah. you, Halloween Kills technically was unnecessary mm-hmm. again you gave a definitive ending to Michael Myers it worked really well as a standalone like sequel yeah. about the trauma that happens in the original film and even though again I love H2 and stuff I don't want to say that those ones kind of are probably two of the most well made and strong yeah. films the original and Halloween 2018 yeah I think they're the, the best ones and it kind of breaks my heart because I am a big supporter of Halloween Kills there are a lot of people that trash it's, it and yeah, I think it's I think it prob- it may be my most entertaining that I could probably just watch that film again and again. Yes. Like I've watched Halloween Kills like twice in the same day. <laughs> and yeah, I've, I've been like, I'm, a big fan. I'm still enjoying it. It was great fun. Um, but then again, we have the problem of Halloween Ends. And where I, part of me, once you've seen Halloween Ends, part of me was kind of like, I wish you just left it at Halloween. <laughs> <I'm>, 2018. <laughs> uh, now I'm a bit dis- detached from it. I'm willing to give Halloween Ends another go. Like, I, I, I feel like Halloween Ends is going to be that thing of, like... And I, this has got to be a very weird analogy, <laughs> a very weird comparison. But I feel like it's basically... It's like, just stop oil, you know? Like, yeah. at the moment, people are really pissed off at just stop oil. They, <laughs> you know, they hate just stop oil... But I think in like 20, 25 years time, people are going to be like, they, we should, have done that. That we should have listened to them. They were heroes. They were trying to save the planet. You know, they'll be thought of very fondly. And I think I, now that we've moved away from like, oh, we, we, what we expected it to be. I imagine watching Halloween ends will be a bit like, now I know what they're doing. I enjoy this more. I totally agree. Weird. But in <laughs> terms of like a necessary, oh, it, def- was, oh, it yeah, wasn't definitely. needed. No, cool. Like in terms of a necessary. But no, I, I totally agree. But I have, I've seen Halloween Ends three times. So I watched ah, it the I first time. Watch I've, watched it, I've watched it several times. And sadly, every time it just becomes more and more glaringly of how poorly matched it is to the other two films that yeah. they made. Ah, okay. And how it doesn't, it just, there are too many glaring problems with it. And there's, it's just too much of a disappointing film for what yeah. was marketed, what was said. And you get trying to go in a different direction, but I still can't keep coming back to the fact that it's just like, if this is meant to be the absolute end, then neither the battle that they have with Laurie or the random story that comes across. And I've tried to en- en- yeah. enjoy it. And I can, as a detached way, enjoy it as a certain way. But there's no denying that 
I don't think there will ever be any way to not deny that that was a major, major disappointment yeah. compared to what you were expecting to get from Kills yeah. and Halloween 2018 and what you what you were wanting in a film that was not it and, and it felt it felt bad that that's that's when they were like we're going to experiment and we're just going to go season yeah. of the witch with it and I get season of the witches now look to that but at least season of the witch is completely detached and doesn't yeah. doesn't fuck with the mythology in such a way that Halloween ends kind of did yeah they did but it's like dirty. they tried to do something different and I I think at the time we kind of said fair play for trying to do different something different but yeah I you know. Go back and uh, watch our our listen. well listen to yeah. Halloween <laughs> Ends episode, and we came, like you know what I mean. There was a reason we came up with like four or five different ways that it could have worked out more more sense, or even still had this different style but linked better. Yeah, and it just is. It feels like a rushed ending. Like they didn't know what to do with it, and they wanted to try and do different different, and they didn't think about how to to link it up. Yeah, but I'm not here to kind of slam that even more. <laughs> I'm just here to say that. No matter what way I go in it several different ways, I think 2018 was almost the only one, maybe H2O was the only one I could justify as maybe being a necessary sequel. It's okay. It's the difference between what I enjoy and whether was it necessary. Yeah. And I just think that Halloween falls into the same context as Jaws and Exorcist, as in, yes, you could see where they could make a sequel, yeah. but they did not need to make a sequel. No. And especially not, you know, to the level that they did. But, you know, it's not like a, I want the Halloween films to disappear. Because <laughs> no, I, I love them and they're endless entertainment and I could watch several of them, like just watch and watch and watch them. But when I thought about this list, it was the one that straight away came into my head going like, how many different ways could I look at it? And I didn't even include the remake title. Yeah, Because no. <laughs> I'm not going to go there because technically that's an unnecessary remake. Yeah. <laughs> coming soon to a podcast near you. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe one day. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was the one that kind of really like stuck out to yeah. me as like, I kind of, in a way, I was happy at the end of the original. And I kind of was, I've always been happy to watch them. But I'm kind of a bit like, what world would we be in if that never happened? Yeah. Would the world be a nicer place? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> would everyone be a bit more scared still that Michael Myers might one day they appear? They might still be out The there. boogeyman might come. But we took we took that scare away, that, yeah. that trauma. And then we allowed Donald Trump to rise. <laughs> and and now, we allowed Elon Musk to make X. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> We're not having X again, man. Somebody in the office earlier was like, oh, now he's taking it over and it's X now and I was like all day I've just been like sat working away hadn't listened to any conversations really. <laughs> being a bit antisocial and then as soon as I hear that my brain just like triggers yeah you know Twitter Twitter, Twitter. It's, uh, you can call it's it whatever Twitter. you want we're all still gonna go ah you sent that tweet I don't even know what the equivalent is now send What's it an X send it an X because you can't be like oh you need to. I've sent an X, but I've received an X. Uh, you can't be saying I'm. Did you get I'm my tweeting. X? Yeah, I'm tweeting on yeah. X. It doesn't work. Well, that, that's why I'm just saying we're just acting like that doesn't exist. So we're just still. It's still Twitter. It's a, it was <laughs> an just, unnecessary. Uh, it is like trick. the second episode in a row we've got to run about. That. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Come for us, Elon. Yeah, we'll meet you in the Coliseum. Yeah, we will. We will. We'll <laughs> hashtag teams up. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I um, guess that's I guess that's it then. 
I guess that is our I was going to say, did you have any honourable mentions? Oh, dishonourable mentions. Dishonourable mentions, but yeah, I didn't no. know if you had any, you didn't have any extras in your head, because I, I had a couple of uh, dishonourable mentions. Of- I mean, I've got the, off the top of my head, um, now this is going to be a bit of a, a weird one for some people, but I was quite a, a fan of the original and of the play, and that's uh, the sequel to uh, The Woman in Black. Oh Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that I remember watching the the Woman in Black, the film, uh, the adaption. <laughs> should I say? I've seen I can't the play remember so what times. the name of it is. So my brain just went the Woman in Blacker. <laughs> the, the Woman in Blacker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. The Woman in Blacker too. Uh, Electric Boogaloo. Um, like the first one, it kind of has that very old British Gothic horror feel to it. Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe. Is it? like, it's that. Yeah, it's good. It's creepy. It's not exactly like, you know, massive, jumpy or scary, but it's a good told story. Yeah. And then they're just like, oh, we made money. We made money. Fuck it. Make a prequel. And they just spunked themselves and yeah. made a film. To like, yeah, to like a classic play, you know, I mean, to a well-made, four-hour play. And yeah. Like, yeah, let's, let's, let's try and like beat some classical writing. By, yeah, let's, try let's go back before it. Yeah, let's try, let's do a prequel to a fucking, <laughs> I don't know, 60-year-old play. <laughs> yeah, it's literally... You know? it, 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 and it, all the story's already in the first one. Yeah. It's like me making before Hamlet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is what happened with Hamlet's them witches. Dad. Yeah, the witches. The this witches' is, yeah. origin story. This is yeah. how this is how Hamlet's dad made Hamlet. Yeah, <laughs> the betrayal that went through that thing. <laughs> um, if we're talking franchises, I would, um, off the top of my head, I would probably say, um, oh, I've got a fairly controversial one. Um, (laughs) so obviously A Nightmare on Elm Street um, had a whole bunch of shit sequels each one trying to expand on it the one that I feel is definitely unnecessary is um, New Nightmare you knew I was going to say that that. I think New New Nightmare is boring Um, I I I'd rather watch some of the poo ones before because at least they're fun New Nightmare I feel is just a slog and it it feels like they've made the one, you know, Freddy's dead, which was shit. And then yeah. they're like, oh, let's try and make him scary again. But by then, the damage was done and, you know, people just weren't interested. It felt very unnecessary. I'm glad, you know, I'm, I'm saying with my chest out, I'm glad it bombed. <laughs> and I'm glad it was poorly reviewed because oh, yeah. if it hadn't have been, I don't think we'd have got a scream. Yeah. I think if they'd have gone, if it had done really well, they'd have gone, oh, we need another one like that. We need yeah. newer Nightmare, you know? And... Unfortunately, we wouldn't have done that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, those are the off the top of my head. Those are the ones. Yourself, what's all um, the dishonorable mentions? Dishonorable mentions. I meant I did mention obviously before about uh, Texas that I don't really felt like. Again, I feel like it's a pinnacle one that doesn't really require a sequel. Yeah, and that's why the sequels had to go batshit crazy to yeah. kind of try to match the energy. Um, and um, another one that was kind of picking out where. The other ones were picking out where basically it went wrong. Yeah. And which were close on my list. One was uh, Aliens 3. Oh, yeah. Alien and Aliens 2. Fantastic. Aliens 2 leaves it on a kind of, that could be it. You know, they're yeah. in cryo freeze. Off you go. You know, you're done. You're good. You know, yeah. you're all right. You know, cat's alive. We haven't killed, we haven't killed half yeah, of them. We haven't killed anyone. You know what I mean? It, it, it raised the standards to which kind of, it made, it went from horror to more of a 
like an sci-fi action, action sci-fi, yeah. kind of thing and it was there and it did there was no real way to match it and all the sequels pretty much have been shit since then and I'd also link into that as a lesser loved but I find enjoyable Alien vs Predator I actually kind of enjoy the yeah, first one for what it is you know it was, it was like a kind of you know what they call like 12A PG-13 style kind of you know it was it's the not, coolest it's not thing amazing. ever when I was 13 you know yeah and it was great and it worked as that kind of standalone and then they made a sequel which was fucking terrible and yeah. awful and so black that you can't see anything yeah I remember it being so dark and yeah. my final um, is uh, one that might be quite controversial to some people Saw Free I'm a fan because I feel it's a this is partially because the, the whoever came up with the concept of how it was going to flow which I'm not sure they totally did didn't really think about the consequences of killing Jigsaw off yeah. in which they then yes retcon but technically you believe he's dead at the end of Saw 2 because he's yeah. in the car isn't he so you believe that that was kind of the end of it and 1 and 2 kind of work one I still think is quite different because one feels a little bit more serious at times, whereas oh, two yeah. has a little bit more fun with it. But I still think they're both very, they're both good and they're both fun and they both work really well. And it kind of comes to the end of Jigsaw's story, and then the third one comes in and starts to really make it convoluted to keep him alive. Makes it convoluted to starts that trail of this is more about just mindless deaths and this is more about convoluting it more. And it was that the third one is the one that really starts to muddy the water that then just continued into one after another, over another shit one. So I wouldn't get rid of Saw 2, although the first one could have been all right as a one standalone, like a seven kind of, it might actually be seen as more of a serious, you know, might be seen as more of a classic film in some ways, the, the Saw franchise, if, if it had just been left there, Probably, yeah. people might look a bit more, I'm not saying to the level of seven, because that was much more kind of higher, yeah. but it would probably be looked at as more of a classic kind of thing if it hadn't then got a stream of sequels that then diminished the original quality, film. Yeah. No, and I, I think it brought down the original in that way, but I enjoy two, and I think at least that one kind of wraps Jigsaw's story, but the problem is they didn't think about, and, and this is still the problem to this day, is once you killed Jigsaw, yeah. <laughs> it kind of felt a bit like, uh, and then it's like, Who's the next killer of the week? And it just, it just, it just diminished with every return of each sequel until it got to that terrible final part. Shit. Yeah. You know. See, I like Saw Three. I think I've defended it on a previous <laughs> episode, um, and I the reason why I like Saw Three is I think it's I think the actual story of it is pretty interesting and it's pretty good and kind of heartfelt. But I also yeah. feel like it wraps up the whole of the Saw films so mm. like the end of the second one Jigsaw's fate's ambiguous he's, he's been battered in, and he's like in yeah. a car but Amanda's revealed to be an apprentice mm. and then by the third one you kind of find out that I mean Jigsaw's fucked he he dies but then you find out that he, he Amanda had a final test and she wasn't worthy of carrying on his legacy and she yeah. dies, you know? So I kind of feel like it yeah. wraps it up in a kind of... Yeah, we did go through it because we talked about how one character is left with this. It kind of still has a kind of ambiguous, but then it yeah. comes back later and it's shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's basically But yeah. uh, in like the fifth one or so. Like that. But yeah, I just it just is. I think the main problem is, I guess I was still keeping Saw 2 because I enjoy it. But if I'm thinking of it more in the Halloween style, I think it more is the case of it's just a case of I think it diminishes the original. The more we make, the more the original Saw starts to seem like just a franchise starter instead yeah. of an actual 
really well made piece of filmmaking. Yeah. And a really well made twist, which again, it's just like that. It's like if they made eight, nine, and ten, as in seven. Yeah. Eight, nine, and ten. Yeah. You know what I mean? Would we still look back at that film as a classic, like David Fincher masterpiece? No, because then you probably would have had first by David Fincher, and then the second one would have been made by like a, a, a younger Michael Bay or something. Yeah, and then the <laughs> and ninth then, one. And then Zack Snyder would have made the next one, and then Yul Bar by, by 10 was made. You know what I mean? Like, this is what I mean. Sometimes these things just start to really diminish the original and have an effect, and some of them can outlive that. Um, and I think that, I think like Halloween and Texas Chainsaw and things. Ost and Exorcist are strong enough to withdraw terrible sequels being made after them. Yeah. Uh, I think I don't think that Saw was quite the level of a masterpiece in the way it was made, you know, to then survive this. And I think the more we make, the more it diminishes, including whatever the one that's coming this year is. <laughs> Saw 10. Which... You know, looks, with Jigsaw back in a pre... No, it takes place between like two and three or... Yeah between like something like that or between one and two I can't remember I mean you, I think that's it maybe. I'm just raw dogging it you know me <laughs> I haven't watched I'm not I've actually sure if that's correct I can't remember what I don't know if it's a prequel you, well, it has to be something like that because he's dead <laughs> you know I mean? he's not back from the grave I know that that's I mean I haven't seen a trailer for it I've seen a poster but you know that's all I've seen and I imagine we will be doing a uh, review on the on the podcast uh, yeah I yeah, I think uh, I think uh, I I have watched the trailer once, but I can't fully remember. I just remember the word anti-hero being thrown out like they tried to make him an anti-hero, um. <laughs> <laughs> which is um, yeah interesting. Yeah, I mean the the whole moral of it is is completely fucked up. Um, but we, I mean, we'll touch on that when we do our review. Um, and with that, we had our fake ending. And now we, we added are. a bunch of extra ones yeah. in there. There you go. We didn't say a number at the start, so there you go. We just threw them all out. Here. You get more bang for your buck with us. Um, <laughs> so as always, please remember to hit that subscribe button and leave us a lovely review. Uh, yeah, make sure you hit it because it, it does help the show grow and it gets us up those charts, which is always good. Um, come and let us know the, un, uh, ne- the unnecessary sequels that you feel are out there. You can find us on uh, Instagram and Twitter at CMTH Podcast. Fuck Elon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we will see you next week. Bye bye.